Well, we have yet another jobs report that has surpassed expectations. This time we are talking about the December of 2023 numbers. CNBC reports private payrolls added 164,000 new jobs in December, beating expectations per ADP. You may recall that the number of new jobs in November was 101,000, so about 60% more. And the estimate, the expectation for December was 130,000, so about 34,000 more jobs than expected. Leisure and hospitality jobs led the way with 59,000 jobs. Uh, We also saw the pace of earnings growth decelerate with those staying in their jobs, seeing annual pay increases of 5.4%. It is natural that as inflation comes down, wage growth would also tick down slightly. This is continued good news. And we have an economy that is not perfect. Is there a perfect economy? Not that I can think of, but we have an economy that much like Tim Miller told us on yesterday's program, It's good enough that you would usually see a president get reelected. However, and this is really the downside. This is the liability. This is the limitation. And Tim Miller talked to us about this yesterday. The Biden administration is not doing the best job at communicating the status of the economy. The Biden administration is in a fortunate position where they don't have to exaggerate how well the economy is doing. They just have to communicate it accurately. I don't think they're doing it. Part of it is because Republicans, no matter what the numbers are, insist the economy is terrible. Trump's predicting there will be a recession once again or the stock market will crash. He predicted that in 2020, we've got a record high stock market. So this is a good number. It's one of the five or six different metrics that we look at job creation, inflation, unemployment rate, GDP, stock market, consumer confidence, wage growth. These are these are some of the big indicators. They all look pretty good pretty good. We'd love to reduce inequality, accelerate wage growth, see inflation tick down a little bit more, um, all of these different things. But another good number and the real question and what I'm going to be watching for now that the 2024, I mean, I, I know that we're we are not in the general election yet, certainly aren't, but we are getting close. And one of the most important aspects of this that I'll be paying very close attention to is does the Biden administration get better at effectively and convincingly communicating the state of this economy? Donald Trump went on an outrageous, deranged, furious rant on his platform, Truth Social, posting uncontrollably, almost reflexively, including posting things that E. Jean Carroll tweeted 10 years ago apparently as some kind of defense of the things that he was found civilly liable of doing to her. This is crazy. Just look at what we're dealing with. This is the former president of the United States. Get smart, Republicans. The invasion through our southern border is for purposes of voting in the 2020 election. They are signing people up would be the end of America. The 2020 election was years ago. I assume he means 2024. Trump continuing to push the lie that Democrats want to fill the country with undocumented immigrants so that they will vote for Biden in 24. Of course, undocumented immigrants aren't allowed to vote. If you are a documented immigrant and you get residency and eventually citizenship, seven years down the line, you could get to vote. It is a very stupid way of trying to win an election that's 10 months away. 
Trump posting polls that are favorable to him, Trump posting videos of the woman that he was found civilly liable for raping, E. Jean Carroll, Trump reposting messages she tweeted or posted to Facebook decades ago um, about TV shows that she watches, Donald Trump posting satirical sex tips that E. Jean Carroll posted. Um, uh, videos and links and articles about sluts and dominating men. And I have to tell you, there is something really ugly in this. Donald Trump was found civilly liable for sexually assaulting, raping and defaming E. Jean Carroll. And he is now mass posting to social media message after message of things she said meant to suggest what? that he didn't really do it, that someone who posts these sorts of things is responsible for what Trump did. What is it exactly that he's trying to say? And one could argue that these posts about penises and sexual advances and chastity belts, one could argue that by doing this, he's bullying, intimidating her and arguably is doing exactly the thing for which he was found civilly liable. Uh, continuing to just post after post after post from E. Jean Carroll. He then also um, uh, starts posting articles uh, written in uh, to newspapers about E. Jean Carroll, quotes from Vanity Fair. This is a concerted effort to intimidate and arguably to defame her. This is all in the same hour, folks. Everything I've showed you is in the same hour. Trump starts posting articles about E. Jean Carroll's creepy Facebook fantasies. He posts articles from the conspiracy site The Gateway Pundit about whether about how supposedly E. Jean Carroll admitted to sexually harassing the late Fox News executive Roger Ailes. Many articles from the Gateway Pundit, from Breitbart, another right wing propaganda site, from the right wing Washington Examiner. This is still all in the same hour, all in the same hour. He then is posting furiously about Hunter Biden's laptop, including sort of a, a, a articles that have pieces of completely explicit pictures of Hunter Biden. He's posting more agit trash that he claims is evidence that he won in 2020. We are all in the same one hour period. Everything I've shown you so far was posted in the same hour. This is a terrified man. This is a guy who realizes in a year I might be president of the United States or I might be rotting in prison for the rest of my life. Very few people have those as possible, likely or even probable outcomes 12 months hence. I know that. I mean, listen, I legally can't be president. And at least for now, there are no charges against me which could land me in jail in prison for the rest of my life. I can only imagine that that is extremely triggering and frightening. So I get why Donald Trump is behaving in this way. But does he really need to continue going after E. Jean Carroll? Legal experts say that he may actually be committing more defamation through the through posting these articles. Uh, I, I will let the, the legal experts weigh in. This is an unwell man. And after the break, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to hear from some of his supporters. We're going to speak to some of Trump's supporters after the break. 
So many people in our audience have become fans of our sponsor, Ounce of Hope. Ounce of Hope is a cannabis farm that ships CBD and psychoactive THC products to your door anywhere in the US. This is federally legal THCA, THC Delta eight and nine. They have edibles. And now you can check out the brand new drink from Ounce of Hope for 2024. The Berry High five milligram THC seltzer. It's the only 16 ounce THC seltzer on the market. It's only five bucks, a price no one can beat at their cannabis farm in Memphis. Ounce of Hope sustainably raises fish to feed local homeless people. I've always thought it's a really cool operation. Besides the delicious seltzer, they have gummies, chocolate, Rice Krispie treats, caramels, topicals, oils, soft gels, you name it. Ounce of Hope grows, extracts and formulates all of these world class products in house so that you can trust the safety and quality of every product that arrives at your door. So whether you're looking for a little help sleeping at night, something for aches and pains, a way to unwind on the weekend, Ounce of Hope can help you out if you are over 21. And right now you can pick up their very high five milligram THC seltzers for five bucks each at ounceofhope.com. No one can beat that price. And aside from their drinks, you'll get 20 percent off everything else when you use the code Pacman. That's ounceofhope.com. Pick up one of their THC seltzers for just five bucks. Use the code Pacman to get 20 percent off everything else. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. I'm very particular about my coffee and our sponsor trade coffee helps you do more in 2024. If you're like me, coffee might be part of your routine, maybe a factor in your productivity. Check out trade as your destination for better coffee at home. Subscribe to trade and start the year with amazing coffee. You'll discover new favorites. You'll support more than 55 local roasters across the country and you will upgrade your morning. And the best part is you can personalize all of it from the type of coffee you get, how often you get it delivered. They have decaf. If that's your preference, I recently got Orin's Colombian from New York, sweet and inviting, full bodied notes of pine. I actually love pine. Who knew pine is great. Every time I get a new shipment from trade, the quality and the taste is top notch. 
The convenience is it's just great. The coffee comes to my door instead of having to go find them. Whether you already know what you like or you're new to specialty coffee and want some help, trade just makes it easy to discover new coffees you will like. Jumpstart the year. Sign up for a trade subscription right now. Trade is offering a free bag with some of their subscription plans. When you go to drinktrade.com slash Pacman, that's drinktrade.com slash Pacman to get a free bag of coffee with select subscription plans. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman show continues this year. I mean, listen, it's like 2023. It's like 2022. We're still primarily funded by our viewers through something called the membership program. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code save democracy 24, save democracy 24 to save 60 percent. And even though you pay 60 percent less, you get 100 percent of the benefits. The bonus show commercial free audio and video feed of the show, access to the members only soundboard, all of that stuff you get. All right, let's hear from the audience for the first time in 2024. We do these on the Friday show. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. Some people love it, some people hate it. That's just the way it is. We do it via Discord. You can find our Discord at davidpackman.com slash Discord. Let's go to Douglas in Chicago. Douglas in Chicago, welcome to the David Pakman Show. Please Happy save us. Everything okay hear? there? Yes, I can. All right. Happy New Year, David. Thank you. Likewise. All right. So first time on, I'm really excited. And I've got two questions. I've got a fun question and a serious question. So which would you like first? Oh, I don't know. How about the serious one first? Okay. Serious question. What are the things you typically read to get prepared for the show? I don't mean video. I don't mean podcast. Read. And how do you read it? Do you read hard copy or are you all about the tablet or iPad at this point? No, I'm not. I mean, here's the thing to prepare for the show. It's not like I'm pulling out books or anything like that. It's all stuff that's online. And I'm not going to just start printing stuff from the Internet to then prepare for the show. It seems very wasteful from the standpoint of environmental. So I'm reading it all on a screen and it really depends on the subject matter. You know, if we're talking about something related to abortion, then I'm going to find different sources about legal filings related to it or previous reporting on the issue. It, it really just depends on the on the subject matter. Um, mm-hmm. But I am. But it's all reading. It's not like I'm watching other YouTube videos to prepare for my show. OK. Yeah. The reason why I ask is I've been interested for a while now in whether we absorb things better when it's hard copy as opposed to off the screen. Mm-hmm. That very well may be. Uh, but uh, for, for show prep, you know, it just doesn't make sense to print stuff off. Okay. Do I have time for the fun question? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Since you are such a student of Mike Lindell, one thing that never gets asked about is what is it actually like to work there? Who is running the ship while Lindell is doing all of his uh, non-pillow stuff? And I'm guessing he, I have no insight. I'm guessing he has some right hand person who is kind of like the the second in command of sorts, who has to sit there and make pillows and slippers while he's off, you know, at a cyber symposium or whatever he calls it. <laughs> I would I would love to get like a former pillow employee. On that would be show. great. If the, 
if the NDAs aren't so tight, if anybody is free to speak legally who has formerly worked for pillow or even currently, please get in touch. I think Douglas's idea is very good. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great 24. All right. You too. There is Douglas in Chicago. Why don't we go next to uh, is it Nithin from Sacramento? I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hello. Hello. Um, I was concerned about like you have a very positive outlook on the economy. It feels like right. Well, right um, now, most of the leading indicators point to things being pretty stable. Yeah. One thing I'm concerned about is a lot of Americans are putting on a lot of debt. If you look at like credit card default and like the amount that Americans are borrowing on credit cards, it just feels like unstable. And like uh, this, can't I haven't looked at. So last. are you talking about the delinquency rate on credit cards? Like, in other words, people yeah. are. Yeah, no, those yeah, sort it's, of metrics. it's up. It's certainly up. But here's the thing. Um, it what what happened is credit card. So this for people who want to look up this metric, it's called delinquency rate on credit card loans. All banks, the Fed keeps track of this. The level is actually basically where it's been since 2012. The reason it looks high is when covid hit and people were staying home, savings rates went up dramatically. And this I mean, this is a good thing. It allowed a lot of people to get out of debt. Um, and now that people are spending again, they're traveling, et cetera. Credit card delinquency rates have started to go up because you're absolutely right. People are taking on more debt on the credit card. I think credit card debt is to be avoided. But to, if we're really honest, the level at which we find ourselves, which is just under three percent, if you go all the way back to 2011, we've basically been between two and three percent other than this period of covid when it dropped to one and a half percent. So the numbers really aren't that crazy. And also at the start, like very, very early in the 2008 recession, credit card delinquency was already above four percent. We're still not anywhere near that. So what I would say is you're right that the number is increasing. It's basically back to where it's been for the last 12 years. If it gets to four or five percent, I'm going to start being concerned. That makes a lot of sense. And then further, are you worried about like the proliferation and rise of these like credit card alternatives like buy now, pay later, like Klarna and now Apple is doing it? like this kind of alternative and then they hit you with fees. Is this like a bad sign or is it just fine? You know, I don't know enough about them, to be totally honest. Uh, I don't know if these are so are they like zero interest, but then you get hit with fees if you miss a minimum payment or how do they work? I, I think that's my understanding. It's like they don't do a credit. They don't like hit your credit score or like a check. But hmm. if you miss, they'll hit you with massive fees. Like okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't like know anything. enough. Of, I don't know enough about them to say. I, there's a bunch of specific things I'd need to know to weigh in. But I, I'm. I'm naturally skeptical of all of these things. All right. All right. Thank you, David. Yeah. Love all the right, Nithin from Sacramento with a great question. Let's go to Connor from New Jersey, who's a Republican. Connor from New Jersey, welcome to the David Pakman Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, David. Um, not really a Republican, but I am voting Christie in the primaries. So. <laughs> That's why I put uh, okay. or you said don't you said don't put undecided if um you're actually going to be voting for somebody. All so right, I'll I allow it. It sounds a little again. shaky, but I'll allow it this but, time. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about something. Um, yeah, well, please. With Christie saying recently to a younger supporter that he's evolved his his stance on gay marriage, right? 
Yep. Uh, saying that he used to be against it, but now as times have changed, he believes it was a generational stance, and now he yes. sees that the more appropriate younger take is to support gay marriage. Correct. Do you think someone like Christie, if he were president, could actually uh, revitalize the Republican Party, I guess you could call it, and like make them have more modern takes than their uh, their old-fashioned It's sort of a chicken-egg thing, take right? a leader like that. It's a it's a chicken egg thing, Connor. It's a chicken egg thing in the sense that for Christie to get elected, the Republican Party would have to moderate and get away from MAGA. If Christie were elected, then I believe he would moderate the Republican Party from where it was during MAGA. But there's no way he would get elected unless the party already did that. So it's it's, it becomes a little bit circular, you know? I mean, I think it's already shaping up that Trump's not going to make it for the primary election at this point. That's just my opinion. Why? Why do you say that? He's got 63 percent of the vote just with the legal issues. But but so speaking super practically, Connor, what exactly? Okay, he has legal issues. Great. They do the Iowa caucuses in 10 days. Trump wins. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's got legal issues, but he won the first one. Then they go to I guess it's New Hampshire. Trump wins. Okay, so he's got legal issues, but now he won. Like literally what will happen? Okay, but if he ends up charged with insurrection, or at least, uh, what what would you say? uh, Convicted? Found guilty of insurrection. uh, Convicted, found guilty of insurrection, right? He can't be president at that point. He can't hold public office. So then what happens? It's not clear that that's the case. Legal experts are not are not united on that. In fact, the more I'm reading, I feel like the uh, the uh, the uncertainty of it should already be pushing Republican voters away at this point. Whether I agree with you, I agree with you. But these are not reasonable people. I mean, again, I'm not fully against Biden in office. I'd prefer Christie. But if they really don't want Biden in office, why the hell are you voting for Trump when you don't have a guarantee he could even be in office at this point? Whether he charges are trumped up or not, you really (laughs) don't have a guarantee he will even be in office. I'm with you, but I'm not the person you've got to waste any more of your time, David. Thanks for talking to me about it. All right. Connor from New Jersey, who seemed unable to hear me uh, half the time. Uh, (laughs) Let's continue. We're going next to Chris from Texas. Chris, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? David, happy New Year's. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes. All right. So I guess my thing is I'm, I'm going to vote for Biden in the primaries. I just need to probably change my registration for Texas right now. But okay. I feel like I'm not really that happy voting for Biden. I mean, I'm only going to do it for harm reduction purposes. Okay. Like, I mean, sounds good. Sounds like the right thing well. to do. What? Sounds like the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, Trump is just so f- Trump is just so insane that I just have to vote for Biden just for harm reduction purposes, just because of all of the indictments he has and all of the insurrection, the insurrection as well. Yeah. But I feel like Biden, although the economy is doing well, it hasn't really met to my standard. Like we still have a lot of student loan debt and yeah. like a lot of our civil rights are being taken away. A lot of our what civil rights you said? Like like Roe versus Wade. And I'm also kind of worried about the Supreme Court being stacked right now. Well, hold on a second. So, Chris, here's the thing. If you don't like the fact that the Supreme Court undid Roe v. Wade, Mm -hmm. you should be voting for Biden, because if Hillary Clinton had won in 2016, we would still have Roe v. Wade. You get that, right? It's because of Trump's choices on the Supreme Court that we don't have Roe v. Wade. Yeah, but also couldn't it be a a factor in the Democrats not like like doing certain things like Ruth Bader Ginsburg not retiring when when Democrats had the majority in Congress and like during Obama's time? Yeah, no, you you could you could argue that um, that would that would 
make it a smaller conservative majority, which still probably would have gotten rid of Roe v. Wade. But let me ask you this, Chris, who's your ideal candidate? Who would you love to vote for, whether they're running or not? Probably either Bernie or John Fetterman at this point. But I mean, I still have apprehensions towards Fetterman as well. Okay, those are your top two in electeds right now, Bernie and Fetterman. Yes. I mean, Biden's I mean, I'm only voting for Biden just because of harm reduction purposes. And I kind of feel like the other primary candidates are a joke, like like it kind of feels funny that Jenk is trying to run when he knows he can't win. It feels like a grift. Well, it's not that he can't win. It's that he's legally not eligible to be president, which is kind of worse, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant, actually. Yeah, because yeah. he was born in Turkey. Right. All right. Well, listen, Chris, harm reduction is a reasonable reason to vote Biden over Trump. So I'm with you. OK. Yeah. And then I guess what how is Biden also going to like handle like student loan crisis as well? Well, remember, like Biden has forgiven more student loan debt than any president in history. I'm curious. Did you know that? Yeah, I've, I've heard, I've heard that. of that. I mean, I know there was a lot of people like with disabilities that he forgave their student loan debts as well. And yeah, and, and like, even beyond that, people at uh, schools that were considered for profit predatory. I mean, listen, Chris, we all want Biden to do more. But uh, on student loans, there's no president who's done more on student loans than Biden. It's just sort of the reality. All right. Looking forward to speaking to you again. Let's take the quickest of quick breaks and then we'll be right back and talk to more people who are holding on. Stand by. You might remember that a few years ago the show got hacked and uh, a bunch of money was stolen and we never got it back. But I now have more peace of mind because I'm using Aura. Our sponsor Aura is your all in one tool for protecting your online and financial accounts. Aura alerts you anytime your personal information is found on the dark web or data breaches like social security number, login credentials, financial accounts, and you get super fast alerts if a criminal does something like try to open a bank account in your name or take out a credit card in your name. Aura also lets you instantly lock your Experian credit file with a single click to stop unwanted inquiries into your credit history. Aura will monitor your bank accounts, home and auto titles. All of these things really just safeguard you against fraud of all kinds. Aura even protects your phone by letting you block and screen spam calls and texts. And Aura has parental controls for your kids devices. You can restrict apps or manage screen time, set focus time to make sure they're doing homework instead of binging YouTube or whatever the case may be. You can try Aura for free for 14 days at Aura.com slash Pacman. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's hear from a few more people in the audience via Discord. You can find our Discord at davidpackman.com slash Discord. Why don't we go to, you know, let's go back to our friend Clarence from Singapore, who's also a website member and who spoke to us about a month ago. Clarence, welcome back. What do you have for me today? Hey, David. Hey. Hey, David. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you, Clarence. What's going on? Hey, sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, can I, can I ask you something? Three questions. Well, let's start uh, with one you and like see to, how it is. Uh, would you like to invite Peter Zaihan to your show? 
Peter Zihan. I don't know who that is. The geopolitics. Um, okay, the, Peter Zihan is an author on geopolitics. I'd have to look into him more, but maybe I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with him. Okay. Uh, the second question is I'm going to ask, uh, you know, I talk about Ukraine, right? Yes. The The only way to, you know, to get this Ukraine military aid is to just vote the Republicans out in 2024 from the House of Representatives, Senate. Yeah, they should be voted out. Absolutely. And uh, Biden, I mean, like, major, I mean, as in, like, those uh, swing states, those swing districts, those purple districts, I mean, like, get the Democrats majority and the Republic, sorry, get the Democrats majority in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Yes, I agree with you completely. Or for it to pass the Ukraine military aid easily than, than right now, currently. I agree with you 100%. Okay. By, and also uh, the border, like, like you know, like the Republicans do not have a strategy to, for the for the border, you know. I I don't know. I I want to suggest that it's you know a ditch is a ditch and a trench and a dragon teeth, a uh, concrete barrier, practical to slow the you know growing refugees. You know, I heard that, I heard that, you know, Russia is trying to flood, you know, trying to flood those, uh, Ill those, uh, illegal immigrants from, from, uh, Russia to Finland and, and, uh, Poland, Belarus as well. Yeah. They're doing it to the, in the same, in the U S Mexican border from, uh, Central America, especially, uh, Nicaragua and Mexico. You're saying you want to dig ditches or you want to fill tunnels? What do you want to do? No, no, no. Like, like build a barrier to slow them down, you know, to, to slow the flow of uh, Oh, you want to build a wall. The... Yeah, that's what Republicans want to do. They want to build a wall also. I don't think it'll work. Oh, yeah. Um, Clarence, my, listen, my, you've asked my... so many questions and I have so many people waiting that I am going to move on. But it is always exciting to hear from you. And I hope things are really good in Singapore. Let's go next to Steve from Seattle. Steve from Seattle. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind today, sir? David, it's great to be with you. Likewise. You know, watching your your stuff here on the Project 2025 mm -hmm. and. It's pretty scary. Yeah, absolutely. What's um, have you been on to the project2025.com website? I have. And the questionnaire that, that is <laughs> no. the, I, I guess, the template of the recruitment of, of who they're looking for. No, it's, it's, I have uh, not seen that. Um, you I can would definitely, see. Submit your I application. Yes, this seems it, pretty nuts. It is. And uh, I would just kind of recommend that, you know, folks take a good hard look at that. It's, it's <laughs> something that, you know, I, I'm kind of a fence sitter right now. I'm, I'm waiting to see who actually, I guess, gets nominated and what happens here in the next few months. And that's that's the one thing I think that really 
more than anything else that America needs to be and the whole world is really concerned about. But and, explain uh, to me, Steve, what you mean that you're a fence sitter and you want to see who the nominees are. Who are you thinking of voting for? Uh, who might you vote for? You know, more than likely, more than likely it'll be Mr. Biden. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely not Trump. But uh -huh. you know, there's still rumors going around that Michelle Obama might jump into the the race. You know, Michelle in, Obama has said unequivocally she will not run. Yes, indeed. Of of course, that would be Mike Obama. According to Fox News, you know how they do it over there with the uh, <laughs> the taunting and the uh, the twisting of the stories. Okay. Yeah. So, but so it sounds like. If it sounds like you'll vote Biden, but if someone replaces Biden, you might vote for that person. I I would prefer somebody else, maybe a little younger, a little more pro progressive, got in there. But you right. know, I know yeah, how same here. the incumbency. I've 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 actually written in Ross Perot every every chance I've gotten. So, hmm. it's, uh, well, I guess voting in Washington, it wouldn't make a big difference. Not much, you know. Not much. My friends up in Northern Idaho, they're a little different with with that being so red at 72 to 73%. Right. You know, that that vote almost is a wash as well. So, yep. which is where Well, listen, up. Steve, let's do let's actually go next to Idaho to Idaho. I really appreciate your call. We're going to go next to Straws in Idaho. Since it was mentioned, I feel like I should go there. Straws, what's on your mind in Idaho today? Hey, David, how's it going? Um, it's going well. I was just um Thinking about the, you know, this unitary executive stuff that they're talking about with like the project 25. Yes. But, but okay. And then in the Supreme court, if the Supreme court lets them kind of get away with this, wouldn't that diminish their power? Like the Supreme court, wouldn't they, they won't need the Supreme court anymore. And, and I'm, I'm just, so let's I'm, explain what you're I'm talking about straws. Let's explain what you're talking about. Okay. So unitary executive theory is the idea that the president can control the entire executive branch. And it comes from article an interpretation of Article two. It is this whole idea that says the president controls executive functions. There's limited checks and balances. They say they have a historical basis for it. It's very much not accepted uh, in any serious way, but it does align with the kind of autocratic ideas of, of Trump. Listen, here's the thing. There's all these hypotheticals, right? If Trump takes over and he's a one day dictator and he does this or he does that, or if Trump tries to steal, stay in office again, or if Trump gets in and he hot fires 50% of the federal workers and replaces them with loyalists, or if Trump gets in and they execute unitary executive theory, we need to be concerned. So sometimes I think we miss the forest for the trees. Everything you're saying is a concern. But the big picture of all of it points back to the exact same thing. Trump's a danger to democracy and must be defeated. I don't necessarily know that we convince more people by going narrow and saying they want to push unitary executive theory to Project 2025. Yes, that that's absolutely true. But the big picture is these people are anti-democracy. They're authoritarian wannabe dictators. And we must prevent Trump from getting into the Oval Office. That's the big picture. We don't want to lose sight of that. Right. The way I was thinking is just like they would they wouldn't the Supreme Court like they want to maintain their power. Like, wouldn't they? I don't know if they would want to allow so much of not only the unitary executive thing, but 
all of these things, like if they let them keep doing this, they, they won't need a Supreme Court anymore. Right. You're I think what you're saying is why would the Supreme Court reinforce these autocratic ideas because they put themselves out of jobs. Essentially, exactly. it sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's That's a fair point. I just think, again, the bigger picture is uh, where we where we should be focusing. I don't know how Supreme Court justices will. The Supreme right. Court justice, the Supreme Court is not going to make itself irrelevant in the next presidential term, no matter what happens. So so I don't think that that's really where uh, I would focus. Yeah. OK, I was just thinking about it, but I appreciate you taking my call. All right. Straws from Idaho. Great to hear from you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Rodney from St. Louis. Rodney, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Rodney from St. Louis, welcome to the show. Please accept my invitation. And last chance for Rodney from St. Louis. No go. That is truly a shame. Let's go to Jack from Warsaw. I believe it is Jack from Warsaw. Poland. Hello. Welcome can you to the me show. Well? Yes, I can. Hi, David. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry for my English and my rugged voice. You're doing um, great. Right. So the thing I wanted to bring into your attention is uh, something I noticed about the entirety of left leaning media in the US. I'm an okay. outside observer, um, just an outside perspective here, um, which is when you try to make a point that Trump is a danger to democracy, mm -hmm. you bring out those sound bites where he said that he's going to, uh, you know, uh, like, I can't remember exactly what, what it said, like suspend the Constitution or that he wants to be a dictator for a day. Now, for your side, uh, for people who are already against Trump, this sounds like good enough reason. Mm -hmm. uh, for re Republicans are not going to buy it. And many undecideds, I think, are also not going to buy it because they kind of they're. they're um, how do I call it? They are okay with giving Trump the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was just joking. And the point that I want to make is that there is, I think, um, a much better way to make the case that Trump is a danger to democracy. Tell me. By... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what that is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, and I think the perspective should be, hey, look at what Trump is saying that the left, quote unquote, or Biden, quote unquote, or the Democrats, quote unquote, are doing to him. He is saying that they are politically persecuting him. He's saying that uh, they're destroying democracy. They're... All of those things that he is saying that the left is doing to him. And he also makes a point that he's going to do the same, that he feels justified in doing the same to the left. And right. I believe this is much clearer indication of what kind of danger to democracy he is. He is basically twisting the entire reality into a vision of like, you know, being Navalny oppressed by Putin. Um, and then he's saying that when I'm going to be Putin, I'm going to do the same that Putin did to me. <laughs> kind of. I understand the uh, point you're making, Jack. You know, for me, it's really an all of the above. I mean, listen, it, it is absolutely the case that Trump is already pre justifying some of the things that he will try to do by saying they're doing it to me. So it would be fair for me to do it to them. 
Trump is also threatening to target media outlets that he doesn't like, which is an absolute democratic nightmare. Trump is also saying that he is going to deploy the Justice Department against his political opponents. Trump is also saying I will be dictator for a day. Trump is also playing coy with all of the global dictators that he likes while criticizing allies. I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't think, Jack, that there's the one thing that will really change people's minds. First of all, a huge swath of people aren't going to have their minds changed no matter what is said to them. So so they're unreachable. So for a lot of these people, it's like there's no one thing. There's no 10 things with all of this other stuff. We never know in advance what is the most effective thing that if people knew they would then change their mind. So we need to take an all of the above approach. I think what you're pointing out makes a lot of sense. And I think I think some of the other things make a lot of sense. So I, I would take an all of the above approach for sure. And that's perfectly fine. And I wish the left leaning media would take the all of the above approach, as you say. Mm. But what I hear as I'm you know, listening to to these debates and 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 uh, and all the stuff that uh, that appears on YouTube, basically, um, is that there is this strong focus on those dictator for a day, dictator for a day. And And remember, part of that is part of that focus is because he said that more recently. You know, now we're already moving on to other things. I I don't share the concerns you have, I think, is where I'm coming down. Okay, okay. I wish it it would be revisited uh, to make a list of all the things that Trump said he's going to do because they're doing to him and demolish his claim that these things are being done to him. Um, just to remind maybe people who just started following left-leaning media yeah. uh, recently that, no, in fact, what Trump is saying that is being done to him is BS and, uh, and what he threatens back is actually dangerous. All right. Well, point taken. Jack from Warsaw, Poland. Great to hear from you. Let's go next to Brianna from Tennessee. Brianna, welcome to the David Pakman show. What's on your mind today? Brianna from Tennessee, please accept my invitation and then we'll all be able to hear from you and it'll be a great thing. Hi, David. Yes. Oh, great. Awesome. I'm so glad to speak to you. I have a Thanks. I have a technical question. Um, when you have uh, you're interviewing people, yes. Do do you give them the questions before the interview? Absolutely not. You don't. We've never done yeah. that. We've only had two or three guests ask for that, and we just say no. And you know, we say, listen. The truth is the questions aren't really generated. First of all, the questions. I have a list of notes and then some possible questions. I'm never asking the questions the way we have them written anyway. And number two, we don't really generate that until the day of before that we just have research. So it's not even really something we're able to do. We just generally say, hey, listen, here's the three general areas we're going to talk about. But we're no we're giving questions in advance. No way. Okay, that was my question. And I just I also wanted to say real quick that I really appreciate your show because you offer the same respect to everybody that you speak to. It doesn't matter if they're famous or they're just random like me calling in. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, Brianna. Really great to talk to you. You too, David. Take care. All right. There goes Brianna in Tennessee. 
Why don't we speak next to Brian from Massachusetts? Brian from Massachusetts, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hey, David, uh, really appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, listen, I love uh, hearing from you on the show because I, I love hearing uh, different talking points from people that I disagree with. Okay. Uh, and I apologize that English is my second language, so forgive me. No uh, need to apologize. <laughs> Thank you, David. Uh, now, a few things that I, I do want to uh, mention that Please. I completely disagree with you uh, is that I, I didn't vote for Trump on 2016. Now, seeing the things that he had, that he got done during his presidency, I was impressed. Um, hmm. But something I, I kept hearing you say is that, oh, Trump, didn't, what did he accomplish? What did he accomplish? When I should say the opposite, what didn't he accomplish? Uh -huh. The only things that he, that for me, he didn't accomplish that he said from day one, he was saying on, that he wanted to accomplish was finish the border wall, have Mexico pay for it, and obviously the the Obamacare, which I love, by the way. I'm a big supporter of Obamacare. Well, hold on a second, Brian. Hold on a second. Let's yes. let's slow it down a little bit. In terms of things he promised, promised but didn't accomplish, there is indeed mm -hmm. the border wall that Mexico was going to pay for. There right. is indeed replacing Obamacare with a big, beautiful plan. There is yes. resolving the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. There is fixing trade. Uh, you know, there, there's we could go further, but let me let me ask Correct. it to you in a different. Well, hold on, Brian. Hold on. Let me ask it to you in a different way. What did he do that you use the word impressed? What did he do that mm -hmm. impressed you? Absolutely. So, for instance, from the day one, he said that he wanted a Muslim ban. Uh, he yeah. got it done, even though they couldn't call it a Muslim ban because that's a discrimination against uh, a religion. OK, um, let's stop there, Brian. One, Here Now, this is the way we analyze these things. You were impressed okay. by the Muslim ban. OK. What well, I wasn't impressed. I just say I just say things that I, I I'm not saying that I supported this decision. I'm just saying that he ran. Okay, but on hold this on a second, Brian. Wait, promises. wait, 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 wait. We, we've mm -hmm. got it. We really need to understand what you're saying. You yeah. first told me you were impressed by the things Trump accomplished. I asked well, you for they, an ex. But Brian, you we this is the problem. We can't go 100 different directions. OK, let's just evaluate what you're saying. You said I was impressed by the things Trump accomplished. I said, great. Okay. Give. Brian, hold on. I said, great. Give me an example. You said the Muslim ban. Great. Now I'm asking you what impressed you about him doing that? I everyone said that he couldn't get it done. Uh, and I'm not saying and forgive me uh, again. English is my second language. I, I, these are things that I, I, I may not support. But the, the way that I was impressed is that things that he said from day one that he was going to get done. Uh, he actually accomplished it, even though he received a lot of pushback. Uh, like, okay. me, honestly, I didn't I wasn't a supporter of that. You and didn't I was do, okay. happy with the. Is I there anything the Trump accomplished that impressed you that you were a supporter of? Uh, I will have to look inside the details. For instance, um, NAFTA, he renegotiated uh, re uh, re NAFTA. He said uh, he, we were being taken advantage of. Yeah. And he did it. He got it done. He also said. Now, hold on a second, uh, Brian. NATO Brian, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He did not renegotiate NAFTA. He created something different, a different trade agreement. Now, what did you like better about the new trade agreement as compared to NAFTA? What was better about it that you liked? What, I, what I'm saying, Pegman, uh, for uh, uh, my apologies, is that these are things that he ran on when during his campaign. 
and these yeah. are things that he he managed to get done. Um, so these are things that uh, he was honest about, you know, because some politicians, once they get in power, they forget what the promises are. Like, for instance, Biden, I'm going to change the topic a little bit around. He said that he wanted to cancel student love debt. Uh, a student loan. However, they had the uh, the House majority and the Senate majority. How yep. come they didn't introduce a bill when they All right, were hold on a second, the majority? Brian. Hold on a second. Let's explore that. Did Joe Biden ever say he wanted to cancel all student debt? Just a yes or no. I well, I, I would I would simply first ask. Well, I, I do not support that move. By the way, uh, I'm not asking you that, question. Brian. All I'm asking mm -hmm. is. Did Joe Biden ever say he wanted to cancel all student loan debt? He did promise to cancel student loan. Uh, I, he I did know, not. I'm not sure. He did not. He never promised to cancel all student loan debt. Now, second okay. question, which president but he did promise it, to cancel? He, he did, promised he to did cancel promise some. To cancel he promised loan. to cancel. No, he promised to cancel <laughs> some. OK. OK. Second question, Brian, of all the presidents in the history of the United States, which president canceled the most student loan debt of all the presidents? Yeah, I, I, I was here when you mentioned uh, that Joe Biden has canceled more student loan uh, okay. than any other president. So he never made the promise you said he made, and he has canceled more student loan debt than any other president. So to me, that sounds like a pretty good accomplishment on that, right? Not really, because now okay. they're trying to blame Republicans, um, because if you ask anyone, uh, I believe in your audience. Oh, why didn't uh, why is Joe Biden? Because I'm sure if you ask Joe Biden, he wants to cancel more student loan. He debt. does. He does. And he's yeah. always bragging. And he's, he's always bragging on how uh, how much he has forgiven. But why? Why on the first place? He could have made that into law without any pushback when they had the House majority and the Senate majority. Just introduce Maya, a bill. Do you want to know the answer? And he Brian? only needed. Okay. You want to know the I, answer? I, mean, I don't know if you know the, the answer 100 percent for this. Uh, I think that they're just using it as talking points because now they can blame Republicans. Well, they're hold on a second, Brian. Brian hold on. No, that's we're not blaming Republicans. You're not. We're not, we're not blaming Republicans. The reason well, that's why. What I, that's what I believe. <laughs> well, but you believe I haven't even given you the answer and you say I'm well, already blaming Republicans. I, I say one day didn't introduce a bill. That's what I believe. I didn't. I'm about I to give you the answer. Do you want me to give you the answer? Go ahead. Back, the legal analysis is that Congress does not have the power to simply vote to eliminate all student loan debt. That's the answer. But you just said they didn't want to cancel all student loans. So maybe they would introduce a bill that would say, OK, we're going to pay for 50 percent or 20 percent. However, no, but uh, this is Brian, this is what you're not. Now you're mixing two different things. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Your your first question. You know what, Brian, we're out of time. We're going to move on. But I really appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you, uh, David. Thank you very much for uh, allowing me to have a little glance uh, to speak to you. I really appreciate right. it. Man. Brian from Massachusetts. I'm realizing we're five minutes over and I'm exhausted. So I apologize to the audience that I'm not going to go further with it, but a very interesting insight nonetheless. All right, everybody, let's take a break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. We'll take more live calls next week. Did you know that anyone in the world can very easily access a ton of data about you online? Data brokers collect huge amounts of data about everything you do on your phone, your computer, where you go, what you look at. 
But we recently learned that government agencies like the FBI have also been buying a ton of this data from data brokers just to keep track of people without needing a court order. Criminals can also use the information to target you. Ad companies and political consultants can buy it and try to influence you, but you can stop it. Our sponsor Incogni is an affordable service that specializes in getting your data removed from these sites. Incogni will send data removal requests to the major data brokers. They are required by law to remove it upon request. If your information stays online, Incogni will just follow up with them about removing it. It's that simple. And you will be kept updated every step of the way so you know what's going on. What Incogni can accomplish is amazing. I use it myself. And my audience gets 60% off. Go to incogni.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's I N C O G N I dot com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for 60% off. The info is in the podcast notes. It's the first Friday feedback of 2024. I love hearing from folks in the audience, sometimes more than others, depending on whether they are calling me vile anti Semitic things or giving me constructive and useful feedback about the show. You can always email info at davidpackman.com with any any of your thoughts. Sometimes we will pull comments from Reddit or YouTube or TikTok or who knows where. We start today with a post by Zachy DJ to the subreddit. Zachy says, I really enjoyed Brittany Page as guest host. I thought Brittany Page did a fantastic job as guest host. Reasoned level headed delivery is exactly why I listened to the David Pakman show and Brittany nailed it. Also, her dry humor is reminiscent of David. Would love to see your guest host again in the future. Yeah, no hate to Farron Cousins or Jesse Dollimore. But usually when we hear about guest hosts, the ratio of I hated them rather than I like them is like four to one. With Brittany Page, it was like four to one. People like Brittany Page. So I thought everybody did great. There were great stories for everybody to cover. And sometimes also it's about fit. You know, there are stories that are more up the alley of certain hosts. Like there's certain stories that when I do them, that nobody cares. But when someone else does them, it's just like a better fit. This is just something that kind of happens in this business. And I thought everybody got stories just by virtue of the chance of the news cycle. Uh, that were really good. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Great job by Brittany and Jesse and Farron. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a great, great thing. Let's go now to some critiques. OK, John Scott says David won't tell you about Joe Biden's corruption. He can't handle it. Listen, I've been looking everywhere for this corruption. I've been looking for evidence that Joe Biden received money from China. I couldn't find it. I've been looking for evidence that Joe Biden made a policy change that was in order to benefit someone that had paid his son Hunter Biden. I couldn't find it. But it's not just me. When Republicans are asked, when James Comer is asked, when Nancy Mace is asked, when Jim Jordan is asked, when they are all asked, OK, right, criminal bribery, it's crazy, it's terrible, it's embarrassing. Give me an example of that. They go, well, we we're looking for the examples. That's why we need to impeach the guy. We've got to figure out where it is. They don't have anything. And so I will tell you about Joe Biden's corruption as soon as I find some evidence of Joe Biden's corruption. If, if you're listening to this show, you'll be the first to know about the corruption because I'll tell you a uh, Gabriel Gurley 
wrote in God sends all kinds of men to complete his missions. Trump is one of those. This I find funny because the idea that so, you know, listen, it's up to you to figure I'm not going to be able to convince you one way or the other whether God is choosing political candidates in the United States, right? God, all power, all seeing everything uh, involved in the uh, ever expanding universe, every planet, every star controls everything and is getting involved in who's the Republican nominee in one country on one planet. I mean, it's hard to believe, but if you believe that you believe that if that is the level of involvement that God has. It's a little weird to me that Trump would be the guy he chooses to send, right? The guy with all the bankruptcies who says he's a, a great business person, the guy who is supposed to be godly, except he's had all these divorces, affairs, cheating, payoffs, all these. Different. It's all a little difficult to believe that this is the guy God would choose, but maybe God has a funny sense of humor. I don't really know. Mally wrote in via TikTok and says, Canadian here, keep your opinions to yourself. You want to focus on emissions? Look at your own country first. Stupid left wing Americans. You really think the world runs on Skittles and good vibes, don't you? I have to be honest. I don't know what the hell this person's talking about. Um, <laughs> I is this pro oil or anti oil? I can't even tell. And also, what on earth did I mention about Canada's emissions? I don't remember mentioning that at all. Maybe this comment was was meant for a different show. I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, the user be unapologetically patriotic asks, hey, David, when are you going to start talking about Joe Biden's replacement for the nominee? It's hilarious watching you and the rest of the liberals pretend he'll be the one running next year. I will tell you, I, I have an answer to this question, OK? I will start talking about Joe Biden's replacement for the nominee as soon as I have any evidence that Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. If Joe Biden says I'm no longer no longer running for reelection, I will immediately start talking about his replacement. If Joe Biden drops dead, I will immediately start talking about his replacement. If it looks like someone's going to defeat Joe Biden in a primary that isn't even happening, I will immediately start talking about Joe Biden's replacement. Is, is that fair? Are those fair answers to the question? When will I start talking about his replacement? Let me know. Ian Reid wrote in and says the worst thing about Trump isn't what we've learned about him. It's what we've learned about our family, friends and neighbors that still support him. This is a super sad comment and also very true. Um, as I've said before, Trump's a problem, but the real problem is a country where 70 something million people say this is the guy I want to be president and who are going to say it again. Many are going to say it again when they vote in just a few months. Um, that is really the sad part. Unqualified people exist everywhere, right? I get calls from people who go, David, I'm running for president. OK, well, you're not going to get any votes. And we say it's good, right? Anybody can run, but they shouldn't all get votes. The problem with Trump is we have a country that was perfectly suited for Trump to con them in 2016 and then to convince them that they weren't conned so that many of them voted for him again in 2020. Fortunately, not enough for him to win. And many are going to vote for him again in 2024. Ian is right. 
we've learned that so many of our friends, family and neighbors still support the guy. Kathy wrote in about Trump's desire for immunity. She says, funny how Trump wants total presidential immunity, yet doesn't want the same for President Biden. The words Republican and logic do not belong in the same sentence. You know, uh, Mark Cuban, the entrepreneur and um, part owner, or I think he's trying to sell his stake in the Dallas Mavericks NBA team. Cuban posted something funny, which was, listen, you know what? Um, Trump should be get, the Supreme Court should give Trump total immunity for what he did trying to steal the election and everything. And then Joe Biden should come out and say, I will not be leaving the Oval Office win or lose. I am going to remain president. The Supreme Court has already said I get total immunity. Presidents get total immunity. I'll remain president until I die. And of course, we all know that these are people who are total hypocrites with double standards. They want Joe Biden indicted for this, that, the other thing. If Joe Biden tried to remain president, they would say throw him in jail, but are arguing for total and complete immunity for Donald Trump. It's not new that they are hypocrites. It's not new. Finally, here is Jeff Bass. Jeff wrote to me and said, but you can call him a failed president. I would love to see you debate Benny Johnson. He know that would we know that would never happen because he would wipe the floor with you. This whole debate, this person thing is really funny to me. As I've said before, debates really debates that are for public consumption really are about who's most articulate and charismatic. They're really not about who has the facts on their side. And it's very funny when people go debate this person or debate that person about on what topic, about what, what, what do you mean? And so the vague claim that you should debate X, Y or Z person is just a desire to put two people against each other and see what the optics look like. You don't actually care about getting any solutions or figuring out reality. You just care about pitting people against each other for a show. It's entertainment politics. It's not productive. Now, as far as me debating people, we have debates all the time on the show. When the topic makes sense, then we do the debate. But the idea of just debate someone for the sake of debating them is one of the the the, the lame. Unfortunately, it's one of the lamest things, these Internet blood sports sort of things. It's one of the worst directions that the online political space has taken. And so I'll participate in debates. I don't partic participate in debates on issues for which I am not the best person to articulate views against whoever it is. Some right winger in the audience says I should debate so that they mop the floor with me. That's not really what we do here. But uh, if you have suggestions, if you want to write in and say, hey, you know what, David, you should really debate Benny Johnson about his view on X. And if the topic X is something I'm well versed in and he's well versed in, then maybe we get ourselves a debate. That's something to consider. We have a fantastic bonus show coming up for you today. So great to be back. It's 2024, the election, the shows, everything. Remember that the coupon code Save Democracy 24, Save Democracy 24, saves you 60% off the cost of a membership at joinpacman.com.